As we wrap up this series where we are journeyed through Psalm 23 together, it's going to be okay. I want to take you back to week one. If you can remember when I told you about driving through the mountains several weeks ago, or a few weeks ago, and saw a pasture full of sheep, and had this thought, because we were getting ready to start this series, you know, talking about shepherds and sheep and stuff, Psalm 23, that, hey, I need to get a picture. Remember me talking about that? Wouldn't it be cool if I got a picture? Well, I didn't, and I wish I had. Well, here's the deal. I made it happen. No, I didn't drive back to that. Um, here, here, here's the story. Scott and Amber Wall, a fantastic family in our church, uh, they've been a part of our church almost from the very beginning, back in the days when our Kernersville location was still meeting in a middle school. So they've been around the summit um, for, for a long time. They have sheep, and they invited me to come out, and I took some pictures. Look, here's this sheep. I, I forgot, forgot the name, um, but yeah. And I, this next picture I'm fond of, this is me feeding them with my bare hands. Isn't this great? It's awesome. I haven't washed this hand in weeks. No, I have. Actually, it's the first thing I did. I, you don't know where the sheep sheep been, right? I mean, just out the pasture. Ain't no telling what they pick up. So anyway, this, this, this is cool. You're thinking, well, what's the spiritual significance of this? Nothing. I just thought it was cool to show you. I got a picture for some sheep, all right? Also in week one, though, as we began our series together, we talked about the why, the why behind us doing this series to begin with. Because we live in such a negative world. And there's so much bad all around us. We're inundated with it. And we just felt like people needed some good news. And, and I want to come back to that because we're still in that negative world. That hasn't changed. And as we wrap up today, I, I want to make sure we have the overall context. That you and I desperately need to focus on the good. Because there's so much bad out there. And there's so many negative people. We live in a negative world full of negative people. People are negative. Christians, unfortunately, are negative. Right? People just always, always, no matter what, it's just a negative filter on everything. And I, and I, and I hope, I, I hope you're not like that. I mean, there are people in the world like that. You know people like that? Do you know people that are just always negative no matter what? The negative filter for everything. And you may be a people like that. I hope you're not. But that, that's why we need it so desperately. We look around and everything is filtered through the bad. You know, the past, well, it was bad. Barely made it. It was awful. We never want to go back. It was terrible. And the further we get away from the past, you know, those people, that it gets worse and worse and worse and worse the further away you get from it. And the present, it's bad. And the future, oh, you think this is bad? You're, man, it's just, it's just going to get worse. It's just going to get worse. It's just going to get worse. I mean, just thankful we're not in a big election cycle right now. Because, you know, that always happens, right? Right? Yeah. Oh, it's just good. Terrible, terrible. It's just bad news everywhere. And you know people that always follow everything with a yeah, but. You know the yeah, but people? Yeah, no matter what you tell them, they go, yeah, but. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. And here's the kicker. They, they, they qualify it by saying, well, hey, man, I'm just being real. Just being real. Just try to be real. Why is it? When we're real with each other, it's always bad. You ever thought about that? Why is it when we decide to be, well, hey, man, I'm just trying to be real with you. We're sharing negative news. Are there not good things that are real? Absolutely. 
So I want to challenge you not to be inconsolable, not to be resistant to the good. Yeah, we got to be real. I get it. We have to have a realistic view of life. And those of you that are out there, you're thinking, man, I tell you what, you can stick your head in the sand if you want to, preacher, but I'm watching Fox News, and I'm telling you. Or I'm watching CNN, so I'm telling you. Okay, great, great. You, that's fine. It, we, we should acknowledge the bad. We should acknowledge the bad. We should acknowledge the negative things that are happening. But then we must make a choice to embrace the good. I don't know about you, but I'm surrounded with bad. I want to be a part of what's good. I want to be a part of making things better. I want to be part, I want to join the mission of Jesus in actually helping the situation. And I, I think you would want that as well. So just remember that. That's why we're doing this series. This is just so much bad. We need to focus on what is good. And today, today, we're going to help you with that. Uh, well, there's a sign at the front door of our house on the wall, right to the right of the front door. And, and I walked by this the other day, and I want to take a picture of it. I think I've, I've shared it with you before. It's been a long time. It's still hanging there. This, it's important to us. It says, not to spoil the ending, but everything's going to be okay. I, I don't know how this hits people when they leave. I don't even know if they notice it, but my hope is that somebody leaving our house will see that. And, and I can't tell you how many times I walk by it, and I want to have a conversation with this sign. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, but, you know, that, I, I feel that. I feel that. But it's so true. Everything's going to be okay. That's why we're doing this series called It's Going to Be Okay, because we want you to know it. And Psalm 23 takes us there. That's why this series is connecting with you and connecting with me, because we know the journey. We know the valley of the shadow of death. We know the dark places. We know the need to, to experience the love and the care of our great shepherd. And today we are going to wrap this series up by focusing on our response as sheep to our shepherd. As David ends the psalm, the 23rd psalm, he, he does so in a very interesting way. He, he makes a couple of very bold declarations. One declaration is about the shepherd, and then he makes another bold declaration, big statement, about the sheep, specifically himself. More specifically, people like me and you. And, and this probably is one of the most recognizable parts of Psalm 23, and this is how it ends. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know this. You know this. You've heard this. Even if you're not a church-going kind of person, even if you're new to Christianity or you're new to the Bible, you probably have heard this, in fact, maybe in ways that you can understand. I don't know why I know this. I don't know how I've heard this, but I've heard this maybe at funerals, maybe other people reciting this. But this surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's start with this first part. The surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. This is David making a bold declaration about our shepherd, about our heavenly father, more specifically about Jesus for you and I today, the, the shepherd's care over the flock, 
brings David to the point where he makes this statement, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. He's beginning to reflect, reflect and, and, and kind of reminisce a little bit on how the shepherd has cared for him and how shepherds care for sheep. You know, shepherds, they care for sheep on an ongoing basis. The shepherd's care for his flock is never seasonal. Right? A shepherd never looks at the upcoming winter and says, oh, great, I get to take, get to take, take some time off. You know, that week between Christmas and New Year's, there's <laughs> not much going on there in sheep world, so I'll just. No. A shepherd doesn't look at the spring or the summer or the fall and go, oh, I'm going to take a break. Things ease up a little bit. No, when you're a shepherd over sheep, there is constant, ongoing care it isn't seasonal. It is unending. And you and I need to realize that as well. As the sheep of God, of Jesus Christ, our shepherd, understanding his care for us, thankfully, is not seasonal. Even when you don't see what he's doing, even when you don't understand what's going on, he is still very actively caring for us and watching over us and watching over you. David says, surely, goodness and mercy. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. This is David's way of saying, I, I've learned, I've learned. I'm, I've, when I look back, I, I see it. I, I've learned looking back over the care of the shepherd in my life, and I'm just concluding that it's going to continue. David said, I've seen a pattern here. I've kind of looked back, and in other words, David's saying, me and the shepherd have history. Me and the shepherd, we, we got history together, and I look back, and Oh, there's been some stuff that I didn't like and some stuff that I didn't understand. And there's the valley of the shadow of death and I'm fearing and I don't need to fear, but I'm struggling. And, but here I am and looking back, I'm just telling you, and surely, surely what he has done, he's going to continue to do. I've, I've experienced enough now to see the shepherd develop a pattern. He's always caring for me. There is unending watch over my life. It's never seasonal. It's constant. And then these words, these words right here are so significant. Follow me. Follow me. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me. What is, what is that about? To me, that is the posture of where you really begin to see God's goodness and mercy. And that is when you turn around and look back. When you turn around and look back in your life, when you think back and you reminisce and you look back at your history together, you'll see the goodness and mercy that has followed you. Because often in the moment, it's hard to see. In the moment, especially if you're in the valley of the shadow of death kind of moment, or you're in a fearful moment, or if you're in a confused moment, it's hard to see in the moment sometimes what the shepherd is doing. Oh, but looking back. See, we have phrases for this. We have phrases, right? You Help me. Well, you know. Hindsight is 2020. You knew. You know, right? Yeah, because we have phrases for that where we look back and we go, oh, now I see. Oh, now, now. I still don't understand all of it, and I don't like it, and I wouldn't want to go back there, but here I am, surely. If that's what he's done up until this point, I have to just conclude, surely, goodness and mercy will follow me. Looking back, I see the history so it's going to follow me all the days of my life. Why would it stop? Why, why would he do anything other than what he has already done? 
See, you and I have such a short memory, especially in the moment, especially in the moment when we like to be dramatic. And yeah, but, and yeah, but, and oh, it's getting worse, and all this kind of stuff. And but you know that the shepherd just wants us to turn around and look back and go, look. Look what's been following you all the days of your life, and it ain't going to stop. Surely, his goodness and mercy is a declaration about how the shepherd cares for us. I've shared moments like this with you before. Let me kind of go back there again. One of the great privileges and honors that, that I get to have as a pastor is that I have, and it's, it's a painful thing, and it's a, sometimes a very um, stressful thing, but it's an honor to be able to sit with people in their final moments of life on this earth. Especially when they're cognitive and they're aware that they're in their final moments. And I can have conversations with people before they begin to take their final breaths. Without fail, without exception, every time through the 25 plus years I've been doing this, I've been in that moment more than I can remember. Every single time I've had a conversation with someone about God at the end of their life, it's always sounded something like, God has been so good to me. God has been so good to me. Now, now granted, I've, I've sat with people who didn't believe in God, who didn't want to talk about God, who didn't even bring it up. That's a whole different deal. I'm talking about the people who acknowledge the presence of God in their life at all. If they acknowledge the presence of God at all, their conversation sounds like, God has been so good. He's taken care of me. Even through their pain, get this, even through their pain, even through the, the dying and decaying of their physical bodies, their conclusion is what David has said, surely, Goodness, I'm looking back. They've been following me. They've been tailing me the whole time. Even when I didn't see it. Even when I didn't know it, surely. Goodness and mercy. I'm just going to conclude. They're going to follow me. They've been following me, so they're going to follow me. They're going to be hot on my trail for the rest of my days. Oh, I wish I had time to dive into this even more. But all throughout the scripture, you see this, the goodness of God, the goodness of God, the goodness of the shepherd over and over and over again, even in the midst and especially in the midst of difficult things. My mind immediately goes back to my personal favorite story in the, all the scriptures, the story of Joseph, story of Joseph in Genesis, the first book of the Old Testament, the first book of the Bible. You go back and towards the end of Genesis, Joseph is at the end of his life and is reflecting back. He's reflecting back on all the valleys and all the weird stuff and all the stuff he didn't understand. I mean, and he's been through it. I mean, you talk about a guy that's been through it. His brothers abandoned him, betrayed him, sold him into slavery. He got sold to, as an Egyptian slave, and then he was blackmailed. He was sent to prison for a crime he didn't commit. He was there for years, forgotten about. And then through a series of God-type events, only God could do this. God strategically positioned Joseph in a place of authority and power in Egypt so that he saved the lives of many people, including the lives of his own family, more specifically including his own brothers who started the whole mess to begin with. And at the end of Joseph's, Joseph's life, he's standing in front of his brothers. And he said, what you meant for evil, God Looking back, looking back, I see it. 
What you meant for evil, God meant for good. What was Joseph saying? Surely. I'm looking back. Surely goodness and mercy have followed me. Fast forward thousands of years and, and Paul, Paul the apostle writing in the first century to, to a group of Christians in Rome. And in Romans chapter 8, he, he pins that most beloved verse that so many people love. And this is why we love it. For God works all things together for the good. He didn't say all things were good. He didn't say all things were going to feel good. He said, when I, when I look and see how God does what God does, he takes everything, even the bad, and he works it together for good. What was Paul saying? He was another way of Paul just saying, surely goodness and mercy of the shepherd follow us. Heck, even Freud knew this. Don't walk out. Watch. Sigmund Freud. One day in retrospect, the years of struggle will strike you as the most beautiful. That's true, isn't it? You have, you have learned this to be true. And here's what's fascinating. This is a true statement. Freud was right on. But Freud had no idea why this was true. He was an atheist, believed that religion and God was unnecessary. So as an atheist, interesting, Freud. Freud said, this is true. And when you look back, when you look back in the years of struggle, they're going to strike you as the most beautiful. And Freud had no idea why. Do you know why? You, here's why. As a sheep of the good shepherd, we know why. Because of the way the shepherd cares for us and what he does for us and how he leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even when they descend into the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to freak out because he's with us in the valley of the shadow of death. So when we look back on the goodness and the mercy that's followed us all the days of our life, and we even look back down into the valley of the shadow of death where we used to be, we see, oh, he was with me then. He was was with me then and he's with me now so surely surely it's just going to continue because of the shepherd's great care you see this this end of psalm 23 starts with a statement about the commitment of the shepherd to the sheep but watch this this next statement is about the commitment of the sheep back to the shepherd it's just beautiful. He says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, when I was a kid, I didn't like this part. Okay, I was taught this in church. It didn't make any sense to me. I'm like, because I thought house of the Lord meant church. I'm like, who would want to go to church forever? I can't stand it for an hour. Right? I mean, it's just like, why, why would you want to go to the church or the temple or the synagogue and spend forever? No, no, that's, that's not this, okay, remember, this is poetry. Okay, so this is not a literal, you know, a literal, this is exactly, you know, that way, there's analogy here, there's metaphors here. And so what, he wasn't saying, surely I'm going to go to church and never leave. Mm -mm. Then as I got older, I was like, oh, no, 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 this is not talking about church. This is talking about heaven. Right? And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, maybe this is one of the reasons why. The Psalm 23 is so widely used at funerals, right? Because it gives us nods of heaven and what's to come. 
Now, here's the deal. That's certainly there. The, the whole reference to could this be heaven he's referring to, that's certainly in the context. I mean, that certainly works. I mean, I can't take that away from it because that element is certainly present in this. But I think it's even better than that. I think there's a here and now component to what David is writing, to what he is saying when he says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What's he saying? I think this is David's declaration about himself. He begins with a declaration about the shepherd. Surely his goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life. So as a result, I'm going to make a decision. I am declaring myself as, as I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In other words, seeing how the shepherd, shepherd has cared for me, I'm just going to hang with him. I'm just going to stay right here. I'm with him. I'm with the shepherd. I'm going to stay with the shepherd. Because surely his goodness and mercy has followed me all the days of my life. So it just makes sense. I'm going to hang right here with him. I think this is David's way of saying, I'm going to stay in his flock. I'm going to stay close to the shepherd, focused on him. I'm going to trust the shepherd and follow the shepherd. I'm not going to wander off. I'm not going to wander off and do my own thing. I mean, I, 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 you know, looking back, I've learned, I've learned that that's counterproductive. It doesn't make sense. What makes sense is for me just to stay with him. Yeah, yeah, there's these valleys of the shadow of death, and boy, I don't like that. I wish I could go around that and get a detour, but that's just part of it. I've learned that's just part of it, but even then, he's with me. And, and, and I've learned, looking back, I've learned that, that he goes ahead of me and prepares, prepares the way and prepares me for the way. In the, in the presence of all of the opposition and my enemies, and he anoints my head with oil, and he cares for me and makes it possible for me to face difficult things in life. Surely, it's going to continue, all that goodness, all that mercy, and so I'm just going to decide to stay with the shepherd. It's a personal resolve. He is declaring how content he is with the care of the shepherd over his life. I wonder if you can identify with that. I'm inviting you to identify with that. I think a lot of us here need to make some declarations in our lives in regards to who we are as sheep and who he is, who Jesus is as our shepherd. I, I think one of the ways you could summarize what David is saying here at the end is, is, is just saying no matter what, the shepherd's got me, so I'm just going to follow him. Looking back, looking back, Listen, we got history together. Looking, looking back, I can see how he has cared for me all along the way. And here I am. Never thought I would be here. Never thought I would make it. I thought that valley of the shadow of death was the end. I, I thought that was, that was going to take me out. But here I am. Scars and stories to share. Yet here I am. So no matter what, I'm going to follow him. It's his, his, his goodness and mercy is following me. And so no matter what, he's got me. I'm just going to hang with him. I'm just going to follow him. I'm going to stay in step with him. Now, now remember, remember, okay, go back to week one one more time. Remember how we said for our purposes, we need to think, when we hear the word shepherd, we need to think Jesus, because Jesus is 
the expressed image of the invisible God. Jesus is God in flesh and bone. When God wanted to communicate to the world who he was and what he was like, he sent Jesus. So we look at Jesus and we can know God. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen God the Father. We are one. And so we think Jesus and we're reminded, we're reminded how John wrote that Jesus shared that he is the good shepherd. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. That he's got us. He lays his life down. It's just what shepherds do, right? It's just what shepherds do. A good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep in so many ways, sacrificially giving of himself. And when Jesus said this, a lot of his audience heard this and went, that makes sense, that's right, that's what good shepherds do. They had no idea the extent of what he was referring to, that in days to come, he would literally lay his own life down. And I wonder, on the day that Jesus was crucified, if his followers reflected back, the ones that heard him say this were like, oh, this is what he was talking you see, this is, this is the commitment of the shepherd to care for his sheep. It's just what a shepherd does. No matter what, he's got us, even to the point of laying down his very life. But Jesus went on. Jesus kept teaching in John chapter 10. After he said this, the good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. Then he makes a statement about you and me. Look at this. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. And they follow me. They follow me. Who's they? Me and you. Sheep. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus, if you call yourself a Christian, this is talking about you. This is just what sheep do. Sheep follow the shepherd. And Jesus said, I lay my life down for the sheep. And the sheep, they know me. They know my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. This, this is the expressed declaration and commitment and loyalty of the sheep back to the shepherd. As David's saying, I know, I know, no matter what, he's got me, so I'm going to follow him. That just makes sense. It's just what sheep do. I mean, what else are we going to do? What else do sheep do, right? Sheep are supposed to just follow. Looking back, I see it. Surely his goodness and mercy. Look how he's cared for me. It just makes sense. It's gonna, he's going to keep this up my whole life, evidently. So I'm just going to dwell in his house. I'm going to hang with the shepherd. I'm going to follow him no matter what. It's just what sheep do. This makes me think to, to earlier on in Jesus' ministry, he was sharing something very difficult with his followers so difficult that people started getting up and walking out. Can you imagine? Listening to Jesus teach and getting up and walking out. Not because you got to go to the bathroom, but because you're mad or you don't like it. Or you think he's crazy or whatever. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? And so this is what was happening. Jesus was teaching. He was sharing some very hard things. And Jesus was very honest. And he was real with people. People started getting up and leaving. And Jesus looked to his disciples. Interesting. And he said, you, you guys going to leave too? And Peter, listen, Peter said, where else would we go? Who else are we going to follow? You alone have the words of life. We know you're the shepherd. 
you're the guy. Where else would we go? No, I don't like it. I don't understand what you're saying either. And it doesn't add up to me. But where else are we going to go? Listen, as sheep, we're going to find ourselves in that predicament time and time again. We're going to look at our lives and go, this this doesn't add up. I don't like this. Doesn't feel good. Doesn't sound good. It just, oh, I don't get this. It's not making sense. But where else? Would I go? Looking back, his goodness and mercy has gotten me this far. I have no idea what's going on now, and I sure as heck fire don't know what's coming in the future. But I can look back and see where he's, take, where he's brought me. I can look back at our history together. And even though I got lots of questions, here I am. Surely his goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, so I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord. I'm making a decision to hang with the shepherd. He's got me, so I'm going to follow him. It just makes sense. Uh, Later on in Jesus' ministry, in his final days, he taught that, and he used this word, this beautiful word. I I hope we have time to come to it one day and do a whole series what this this means and what this is about. Jesus talked about abiding with him and remaining with him. He's talking to his sheep, and he said, I want you to abide with me. I want you to stay close by. Stay close with me. We're going somewhere. I'm taking you somewhere. I want you to just hang with me. Remain with me. And he talked about the benefits of abiding with him and remaining with him. That's just what sheep are supposed to do. So my invitation to you is simply that. I I wonder if you need to make a declaration I wonder if you, thousands of years later, need to go back and kind of join King David in his personal declaration. And looking back on your life and saying, yeah, I got lots of question marks and lots of things I don't understand and lots of things I wish I didn't have to experience. But to be honest, here I am. And surely, his goodness and mercy has brought me this far. So it just makes sense. Because he's got me. It just makes sense no matter what. I'm going to keep following him. I'm going to keep following him. I'm going to stay close to him. Maybe you need to make that declaration for the very first time in your life. Maybe like you're already there, but you've never verbalized it to yourself. You've never like admitted you're there, right? And and, and maybe you've just kind of been kicking the tires on this whole following Jesus thing. And, but now it's like, well, if this is true, that's what I need. That's what I want. I want to trust and follow Jesus too. Well, I invite you to do that. Just make that decision right now where you are, right where you're sitting, right where you're watching. Right now, you just start deciding. That's it. He's my shepherd too. I'm his sheep, and I'm entrusting him. He is my savior. He gave his life for me. I am trusting in him, and I'm going to follow him. I'm going to follow him. It just makes sense. He's got me. He laid his life down for me. It just makes sense. I'm with him. Or or maybe you've been following Jesus for a long time, but you have now kind of done a self-assessment in the series, realizing, oh, yeah, man, I have really wandered away. (laughs) I've gone down some really side roads and some paths here that um, I need to come back to the shepherd. I need to come back and declare yet again, I'm with him. He's got me, so I'm with him. I'm with him. And maybe you need to come back and kind of recenter. And sometimes it's a daily decision over and over and over again. Remind yourself, remind each other, hey, he's got us, so let's keep following him. Let's keep following him. See, either way, whether this is a new thing for you or something you're coming back to, the good news is is that it's going to be okay. Not because of me and not because of you, but because of the shepherd. It really is going to be okay. He's got us. 
it's easier to understand this and embrace this when times are good. It's more challenging when times are hard and you're going through the valley of the shadow of death. But even then, he's with us. And it's going to be okay. My invitation to you is to embrace the good. The shepherd's continual care for you. Beyond what you can see and know and understand. How he provides for you. How he protects you and guides you into places of rest. And makes it possible for you to follow him through the paths of righteousness, even when it becomes the valley of the shadow of death. Acknowledging how he goes before you and prepares the way and prepares you and cares for you all along the way. Looking back, you'll see it. It's so much easier to see in the rear view mirror. So look, you'll see that goodness and mercy has followed you to this point. It's going to continue. So follow him, follow him. Follow him. Stay close to him. Stay beside him. Stay with him. Stay with the shepherd. Because you got history. And David said, when I look at where he's brought me, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell with the shepherd in the house of the Lord, in his care, close to him here on out. Our Father, we come to you now and we thank you. Thank you for how you care for us. Thank you. When we look back, we can see it. It's so much more clear looking back because we can see the valley. We can see how you cared for us. We can see the path. We can see the journey and we see how you've gotten us here. We survived it, and you taught us so much, and you've cared for us so much, and you've hung in there with us, and you haven't given up on us. Yeah, we got questions. We don't know what certain things were about and why and, and when, and, but we don't have to make sense of everything in the past to know that you and your goodness and mercy have been tailing us the whole time. And why would we even think it would stop? will follow us the rest of our lives. So may we decide to just be with you, to trust you and follow you, to be close to you, to hang with you, to stay by your side. May we declare over our lives our trust and following you no matter what. We thank you for how you have cared for us as our great shepherd. Surely, your goodness and mercy are following us. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In Jesus, our good shepherd's name.